does. Not not always. You say that in not always. <laughs> well, I mean, hopefully, if they're listening to the podcast. <laughs> well, I had this conversation with Mike the other day because there's a. Uh, I occasionally don't get like mentioned when like the podcast comes out, and I'm like, I'm kind of a a permanent fixture by this point. But I think that like, happens to all of us. No. Yeah, no, sometimes, people, now and again. sometimes people like Emma's clients sometimes will share the podcast and they'll just tag Emma in it. Or sometimes people will tag you in it and not like, I just think sometimes if people might listen Guys, to a podcast. If you're tagging the podcast, can you please get tagged everyone? Um, yes, I think it's that's inclusive. a reasonable request. Yeah. All right, fine. What's your Instagram handle again, Dan? <laughs> not that i'm precious about it no it's very forget forgettable but actually someone told me that mike had put in the wrong one which isn't actually mike's responsibility i, I meant you to say it so that no i know could... it makes it like a bigger deal than it is what is it but it is a big deal dan isn't it, it? Is the dot osman is really memorable it should just you know slip off the tongue at the dot osman there yeah. you go I mean, like, mine's I mean, at ESG Fitness in case anyone wants to tag me as well. And mine is Dr. Mike the Second. There are so many Mike the Seconds. Are there? Loads. No. There's two, though. What is that weird account that. What, Dr. Mike the Third? Yeah. Is that. Um... <laughs> That's Alan, isn't it? Yeah. Is that Alan? I don't know who that is. It's a secret account. Oh, okay. I think it's more inspirational, if I'm honest. Yeah, it is definitely inspirational. He calls himself a warrior poet, and I really like that. Oh, that is nice. Please add that to your bio. I know, I should really. I'm in the process of making a vaccine video at the moment, which just makes me feel really uncomfortable and sad. Oh, Why are you doing it then? Because it just really upsets me when I see, um, like, when I see really bad information just spreading like wildfire and this is so obviously debunkable that you you just i feel guilty not doing it like there's so basically there's a tweet that's going around at the moment which is someone saying that oh look how many people have died from the covid vaccine just in the uk and then if you think that the uk is whatever percentage of the world's population if you extrapolate these numbers which come from an official government website then that means that hundreds of thousands of people have died of the vaccine worldwide right which like if you hear that on face value and you listen to it and you think that this is data confirmed by the government website it sounds really terrible doesn't it like actually that sounds quite bad even though you know, even 100,000 people in the context of 13 billion vaccinations mm -hmm. is not actually that much of a number. Although, you know, the idea of 100,000 people dying is horrendous. But when you look at the data that he's he's done a screenshot of a timetable and he's linked to the website. And when you link, when you go to the website, it's it's yellow card data. So basically any person, professional or otherwise, can report um medication side effects via a um, thing called the yellow card scheme so you just go online and fill in the details so basically if your grandma thinks that someone who they know died and reckons it's because of the vaccine they can go on this website and submit that as a death as an outcome of the vaccine and the reason for that is because it's um it look they look at all of this data to find out to statistically analyze whether there are um, you know, loads of people reporting the same side effect of this drug, which means that then they need to investigate it more. So it's actually really important data generally for pharmaceuticals and all of that sort of stuff. 
But of course, in this situation, there's a lot of implications in terms of whether or not it's accurate. And of course, it's not accurate. It's not verified. This is not people's death certificates mentioning COVID vaccination as their cause of death. It's the Wikipedia. This is somebody ringing up and saying, I reckon this person died because of the vaccine. Um, and they don't necessarily need to even be any sort of healthcare professional. It could just be anybody at all. So um, the numbers on there are just completely irrelevant numbers. Well, they're not completely irrelevant in the whole grand scheme of things, but they're, com they're, they're certainly not vaccination deaths, which is what the tweet suggests that they are. Um, and so it's very easy. I mean, it even says it, it says it in a massive paragraph on the website, like, you know, you can't take this data as as data of that is as confirmation of anything because of this. But no one's going to even click on the link. I don't care about that, no, though, do they? they? Like, no, I think they even if they did click on the link and looked at that, like, they still want to see what they want to see. Yeah. And if they're anti-vax, then that's what they want to see. And then and I, I guess, like, you can always, like, double down on that and be like, well, why would people lie? And you're right, people will lie. But yeah. And, and, like, obviously, false attribution. But then why would the healthcare, you know, why would the healthcare profession lie as well? Oh, yeah, like, no, why I, would I science agree. lie? Why would the overwhelming scientific majority lie? And you can answer those questions. Because you're all paid by big farm. Exactly. Like you cannot, if you decide that you've got an answer to those questions, you, you can give answers to those questions. And that's why the conversation is just, just so futile. But my point about making a video about it is that is not to, I, you know, I don't expect to change anybody's mind in the anti-vax community because that ship has sailed. But my worry is that people who are just casual Twitter users who follow someone because they like their music or whatever and sees them tweeting something like that, and then takes it at face value, you know, like potential harm can be caused by that misinformation. And actually, if I'm in a position whereby I've got a few thousand followers on Instagram, and if somebody sees that and shows it to their friend, and that might, you know, that might make them understand. And again, like, it's not about getting people to be vaccinated. Like, you know, again, completely up to people what they want to do it's completely you know everyone's personal choice but it just really frustrates me that those personal choices are being made on the basis of misinformation rather than on the basis of information like if somebody said to you this vaccine has a one in um like a hundred and fifty thousand chance of causing you an adverse effect and you were like right that's not a chance i'm willing to take even though it's less it's less than the chance of covid giving me that side effect i have decided i don't want to take that risk fine that's up to you but if you're making that decision based on false data i think that's what 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 like grinds my gears um informed choices are great it's not my place to tell people whether their choices are wise or unwise that's their decision to make but it is my i guess my responsibility to try and clarify um, information that is out there that may be misleading so the conversation I had with my mum at, at the Christmas dinner table was around the malaria vaccine mm -hmm. and I thought that was like because I didn't really realize that there is a vaccine for malaria now but people won't take it because it's free and because they're worried about it and because of I guess like different demographics of people having different beliefs around modern medicine and blah 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 and it's like actually I mean I don't know if this is still true but at one point malaria was like the number one cause of death like that's mad and actually we have a we have something that can avoid that but because people won't take it mm. like probably hundreds of thousands of people are dying because of that do you feel that kind of like reiterates if we're talking about like class and demographics and stuff that it 
often is a complaint of privilege. Like when you look at the countries that are most affected by these, like malaria, for example, they they want the free vaccine, no? No, that's the point. Like the they've point been, they've is been the given, free... They've been given a free vaccine. What, the countries want... that are the most deprived, they don't want the free vaccine? Yeah. Really? Wow. So well, it's, it's not the country that doesn't want it. I'm pretty sure they do. It's the, the individual that doesn't want to take it. And then you have to think there's quite a lot of buy-in to a vaccine like that where you'd need to top it up. You know, it's not just like have it once and you'll never have to have it again. It's like similar, I guess, to the flu vaccine. Where it's so we're talking like third world countries don't, individuals in third world yeah, countries because don't. Because there was so money. much push to make sure that pharmaceutical companies would do this vaccine for free or as cheap as possible. And then they did. And then it's like the uptake is so low. Partly, oh, wow. I think, probably Can't because it's free. Yeah. Because, you know, historically, and the point I was getting to there is normally like the uh, the least, I don't want to say the, like the most privileged maybe, but like that's often the complaint of the most privileged is they can turn down things like we saw it with the, the vaccine over the pandemic. It wasn't those that were likely to be the most affected by the virus. It's those that, you know, and we see that with you must eat organic and all these other things that are often complaints of privilege as well. But I think that part of the thing that the point that a lot of people miss when it comes to anything that is preventative, and this also goes for lifestyle and exercise in the same way as that it goes for preventative treatments, medications, vaccines, and all that kind of stuff, is that people have a different threshold of worry in deciding whether or not they're going to use them. Like actually, if you told somebody that they had a one in 100,000 chance of having, of dying from taking um, a vaccine, for example, or they had a one in 100,000 chance of dying if they caught a disease, they might be willing to take their chances because they're inflicting that vaccine upon themselves. They're actually choosing to take it, whereas you never choose to have a disease. You never choose to have any of those things. And you see it a lot with other preventative medicines like statins, for example, is that the only the only benefit that people will ever physically see, or sorry, the only outcome that people will ever physically see from a preventative medicine are the adverse effects. You will never see that you didn't die of a heart attack because mm. you were on aspirin or because you were on a statin. You will never see what would have happened if you weren't on it. You will only see what the side effects are that you get from it and what the adverse effects are that you have from it. Or if you do have a heart attack, people will say things like, oh, like, you know, fat lot of point there was in taking that statin. And you go, yeah, but you might have had a heart attack 10 years ago or it might have been worse. The if same you thing with like physio and rehab, right? Yeah. Where actually you only see the cost of that. You don't see actually that potentially you've avoided five different injuries along the way. Mm. Or even, you know, like even paying for a personal trainer to avoid being overweight, getting cardiovascular disease, type 2 diabetes, you don't see the other route that you could have taken. Also, gym injuries. Need... If you if you hurt your back in the gym, so many people are then really scared to to train again. Oh, I'm scared to do deadlifts because I hurt my back once in the gym. Whereas actually, in reality, if you strengthen your back, you're probably less likely to injure it. And in reality, if you hadn't been going to the gym, you probably would have had more episodes of back pain throughout that time. We'll never know that. I, I think it is it's what makes like lifestyle interventions and behavior change so challenging is that people don't see the benefits in in real time. And that's why that's why weight loss, I think, is such a popular way of um of measuring people's success with regards to lifestyle change, because you can't go, oh, look, I had fewer heart attacks than I would have had if I if you know it was because I started eating more vegetables whereas you can go I lost five kilos yeah I think I mean we're kind of getting better at measuring um 
like stats around health. And yeah, and, and I mean, there's the health markers think, and stuff, of yeah, course. And most of the time, I think it's not that helpful because they're often like people don't know how to use them right like now everyone started measuring their glucose and it's like well do you actually know what glucose is meant to do after you eat like actually it's completely normal for it to go up after you've consumed a meal but then people are like oh no this is a blood sugar spike we should avoid yeah. this at all costs i'll just eat fat and protein maybe sometimes it's funny how that's represented though if you see like those graphs that people draw like a massive spike <laughs> yeah and then a massive hypo well, the, the well. other hilarious thing about that is these some of these graphs are quite easily like or quite obviously in those cases like drawn on canva right and you're like yeah okay so you're saying like there'll be a little picture of some like dark chocolate versus milk chocolate and they're like look at the blood sugar spike and everyone's like oh my god it's on a like canva <laughs> yeah, that's what i mean or, um, or a flip chart and someone's just done a massive yeah. <laughs> this is what will happen yeah yeah exactly yeah good times <laughs> what was, we wanted to talk about um things to leave in 2022 can we do that i thought you were going to give us a tongue twister oh the tongue twister let's do that one first okay um, I don't know whether I, I, I've done it once. So let's give it a go. Do you want me to send it to you both? Um, is that you, how it works? Well, I mean, I can send it to you. You can just read it out loud. All right, then. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, I can go in the meantime if you want. Go you, where? No, give it a go, I mean. Not actually go, go anywhere. All right. I can go if you want me to go. <laughs> okay, bye right what oh, oh goodness me dan you are trying to catch us out badly with this i am going to try it fine go on then mrs puggy wuggy has a square cut punt not a punt cut square hey, quickly just, if you could please just a square cut punt it's round in the stern and blunt in the front mrs puggy wuggy has a square cut punt Amazing. You well, are a bad person, Dan, because I know what I'm not. I wasn't trying to do anything. I thought it'd be quite right. So you nailed that. Yeah, you're you're going. Well, I don't think I should do it. I can't read anyway. <laughs> um. Right. Where is it? Mrs. Puggy Wuggy has a square cut punt. That's not actually that bad. <laughs> what does it even mean? <laughs> I think. You're meant to say what are you meant to say? Yeah, you're cut? meant to it's meant to give you a C word and that's Yeah, not but the what's the square bit. cut bit? Like what does that even mean? No one knows. Cut? I think this is Nobody just something knows. made up to try and catch us out. And I I'm would never say appalled. that word. No. No. But no. I do have uh I think somewhere I have a would you rather. All right, here we go. Would you rather eat only chewed up food from a toothless old lady <laughs> or eat only chewed up food from a young chain smoker old lady do you know what i genuinely have a really like one of my most um it wouldn't be like, chewed would it it'd be just be gums it's like kind of be mushed whereas i don't think i'd be able to get over like chats. chewed up stuff it just grosses Smoky. me out so much Chewed up stuff graces you out. Yeah. If it was smoky, most. smoky and more chewed up, like puree, it would well, be gross. Like char grilled. <laughs> uh... Might give a little bit of flavour. No? no. No, I'm with the old lady. Mike, what about you? No, I'm not gonna do either. Oh, I'm not, look, I will not uh, you no, can't do that. No, I am a grown-up and I will not be beholden to silly ideas. Right, right, Mike. <laughs> okay. Here's one for you. 
Would you rather burp extremely loudly every 30 seconds or <laughs> laugh? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Let out. Best <laughs> smelly long fart <laughs> every five minutes. <laughs> oh. I mean, I suppose that the the fart one is less impact on the self and more impact on others. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, and you the would have to one, smell it as well. Yeah, but you don't mind if it's yours, do you? I guess not so much. I don't I, know if that actually is true. But... Do you know what? I would take the selfless option and I'd take the burps. But that would be annoying for everyone as well. Like, imagine we were on the podcast and every 30 seconds, like, nah. <laughs> Yeah, but I could just mute myself, couldn't I? Uh, well i suppose both really interfere with socializing i mean yeah like actually i think you're more likely i mean also think if you explain to people people can be quite understanding but they'd be less understanding if they have to smell it i think like what if they were smelly burps though well then it's not specified to be smelly burps it isn't specified then but i would imagine they might be it depends what you eat so you'd have to be careful about your diet wouldn't you but the farts were specifically smelly regardless. Oh, okay. We've got so highbrow on this podcast, haven't we? Yeah. I know. So, yeah, if you had to pick what you ingested based on whether you answered the first question. What? So, oh, yeah, right, okay. That would obviously influence whether you chose a burp or a fart as well. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I don't Just imagine burps, chewed right? up food would be particularly burpy. Mm, but it's going to be better chewed by the smoker the younger smoker that still has their teeth than it is the old lady with no teeth right yeah but you can use your teeth oh now i am confused yeah you have to oh yeah of course of course you have to chew it as well yeah Uh, okay you ready for another one mike is ready would you rather kill a five-year-old girl's puppy or an old lady's cat oh no this got really dark didn't it we should have stopped i'm not sure that i like this i don't like this one no i will say that almost everyone said they would kill the five-year-old girl's puppy what yeah because what you can't like an old lady's cat might be her only friend yeah but you puppies i mean I know. The, I, yeah, because it, do you know what? They, they know what they've done there. It's obvious that if it was like both cats, you'd be like, yeah, the old lady would keep her cat. Obviously, I'd kill the, the child's cat. No problem. I mean, like, I, I'd rather not kill cats, any animals, if I'm honest. Dan, that's not the game. Okay. Mike, you're just not saying anything there, man. I don't want to do would you rather anymore. Well, they're, they're much tamer than the one I suggested before we recorded. Okay, I've got one more for you, Mike. This isn't. This is less bad, right? Would you rather wear a Barney costume for the rest of your life, or eat a bowl of cereal and mustard every morning? I would definitely eat a bowl and cereal and mustard every morning. I love cereal. I love mustard. I don't think I'd love wearing a Barney costume. Or would it be a freshly opened English mustard that would not make the cereal that enjoyable? I mean, no mustard is going to make the cereal enjoyable. I yeah, disagree. Have you ever, I love Have mustard. you ever cracked a pot of English Coleman's or Coleman's English? I because it, it has mustard. more potency when you first open it. 
I think it gives me like, don't you ever get like a pain inside your skull when you eat it? <laughs> How much? Like, kind of like eating? at the top of your nose, but like in like deeper. I mean, yeah, harsh mustard does shoot up your nose and make your eyes water. Okay, well, that's my fun. That was my contribution to today's podcast. Oh, thank you. Thanks. <laughs> Didn't see anyone else doing any prep. <laughs> no. Um, what are we leaving in 2022? Negative. I don't know. Neggy vibes. Neggy vibes. Just won't accept them anymore. Um, complaining. More live life love. Good vibes only, please. Good vibes only. Cut people out if you don't like something they say. <laughs> Cut people out if they don't agree with everything you say. Everyone's yeah. a They're just haters. Normally, it's just because they're hating on you. Yeah. And and haters aren't doing better than you. Or is it what haters are doing? No, yeah, haters aren't doing better than no, you. Yeah, no one hates on you that is doing better than you. That's it. Yeah. So there you go. I don't think that's true. I hate on people who I'm doing better than all the time. Um, and I'm sure that people who hate on me are doing better than me a lot of the time as well. That's not what the meme said, Mike. So I know. I don't know who we're going to believe here, but pretty yeah. sure I saw that on a quote. So Yeah, but I, I'm pretty sure that the people doing better than you are, are more creators than consumers. They've got no time to hate on you anyway. I love that. I'm a creator, not a consumer. <laughs> and make sure you tell all of your consuming followers that to make you seem yeah. superior than them. Yeah. yeah. I don't like it when um, I am intent. Well, no, I don't like it. But often there are people who I like well there are people and content that i that i intentionally don't consume because i don't like it but don't you find that the people that you do like are much more likely to send you things that you don't like oh absolutely you guys that do you that to me all the time i never, I do, never that. do that do you know what mike sent me the best thing on new year's day <laughs> i did and it the was... thing that i knew would make emma the happiest out the, the second i saw that on tiktok i was like I'm sure Emma will have seen this already, but if no, she hasn't, I, hadn't I know I'm about to make first, her year. You were the first person to send me it, and then, and then an influx of people did. Yeah, Tell us what it was. It was Paris Hilton and Miley Cyrus and Sia, who I didn't realise looks like that. <laughs> didn't realise that she didn't show up. <laughs> what, so she does that because she doesn't want people to, like, she doesn't want to be famous. Yeah, so Sia, I find this actually really fascinating. So Sia was, um, she started as like a, um, as a singer-songwriter years and years and years ago. I remember actually buying one of her first singles, I think in about 2000. And she had like this kind of just low-level kind of sing singer-songwriter career. Like she was quite popular, like um, had a bit of a cult following, had a few songs in films and stuff like that. So people kind of knew who she was, but she wasn't like famous. And then she got to the point where she decided that she was getting bored of like touring and of, you know, trying to put herself out there all the time. And she decided that she didn't want to be like a public facing sort of singer anymore. So she decided that she would just go into songwriting and that would be what she did. And she wrote um, Titanium for David Guetta. And it was on the condition that, that they didn't use her voice in 
in it so that she gave them the demo of it and and said the condition is that it's not me that's on it it has to be you need to get another singer to do it and they basically pressed like a million copies or something of the album accidentally with her on it instead of getting somebody else to do it and she was like no this can't happen and they were like you cannot tell David Guetta's record company to scrap these like million albums or whatever you're just gonna have to accept that this is you on the album and she was like livid properly livid about it and she's like I'm not proud of that song I don't really like it I just did it because it's a you know it's a pop song into all of her mega thousands of pounds well no except but no she's she's like i i listened to her talk like discussing this on a podcast and she just genuinely like and that's why she she then went through this thing she's like she's happy to make the music and she enjoys making the music but she just doesn't want to be a celebrity so she always covers her face when she performs she wears these big like headdresses and things and covers her whole head but Um, that wasn't what she was wearing like slipknot basically well, not no, she, she just had a massive. It's just a massive wig, isn't She's it? Got a massive, massive yeah, wig, massive wig with, that covers with her face. Yeah, yeah. 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 She's got a great voice. Oh She's yeah, inc- phenomenal! She's incredibly talented, unbelievable talent. Do you I, think, I, like, do you I think recommend like, listening to her podcast with Louis Theroux. She did a. Um, it's really interesting, like from a mental health perspective as well, because she had a lot of problems with like addiction. It was really interesting, is that she purposely replaced her addiction to substances with an addiction to TV. So she's like, I have a really unhealthy addiction to TV. She just watches hours of TV like all day. Um, but she knows that it's like it's a, an addiction that doesn't harm her in the way that substances and stuff did. This is interesting to hear her talking about it. Obviously, I have no That's mad that you can yeah. choose what you're replacing that addiction with. And well, like, I, I mean, I don't know how intentional the choice was. I think she sort of has just recognized that this that, oh, right. that she has an addictive personality and her current addiction is that, and she's quite happy with that because it, it, better than alcohol or drugs than, yeah. yeah interesting really fascinating like I, I i really genuinely enjoyed listening to it because i think it's a really like an interesting take on it but she's she's had a lot of controversy with her um her movie that she made with about um an autistic person and she got a, a not autistic person to play them i believe uh, and oh. it was received very 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 badly and had lots of lots of issues and that I think she had said that she'd spoken to kind of the you know the societies and stuff to make sure that it was dealt with sensitively and then there was there was like a scene in it where apparently I think um one of the people looking after the person used some sort of hold on them or something or held them in a way that that it was wide I, I shouldn't I shouldn't really be saying this without kind of looking up first but like they'd used them in a way which is really well known as a like a is called an abuse like referred to as an abusive way to you know to restrain somebody um and it just got a lot of a lot of flack. anyway um Sorry. bring it Not back really uh, <laughs> we, <laughs> actually <laughs> that it was a song that they were singing and it's my favorite song by paris hilton and that's why mike sent me it yeah oh beautiful yeah it that's was a beautiful start to my yeah do you know, at the same time, I also got sent something from Leanne and and it was a video of an egg with Amelia and I, like who we were talking on a live and they'd cut us out of the live and like put us on top of a fried egg. And she was like, this person just added me on Instagram and this was their story. And I was like, how very strange. 
And she was like, have you seen it? I was like, no. Just, yeah, just that, I got both fan. of those videos at exactly the same time. And I was like, mm, can't which did you prefer? I don't know. I just kind of felt like I'd made it. Like a, a, a weird start to the year. Mm. Like not everyone gets someone who, you know, cuts them out, makes an effort to cut that. them out of a video and then puts them on top of an egg. Yeah, that's true. Why an egg? Well, just be thankful it's an egg, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Could have been anything. Yeah. Yeah. It could have been quite sinister, but it wasn't. It was just an egg. Was the egg like already cooked or was it cooking in the pan? I feel like it might have been cooking. You know what? I might still have. I'm pretty sure I said That's a bit more sinister, isn't it? If they were like like two two sizzling frying eggs. Yeah. Oh no, it didn't seem like that. Yeah, here it is. Oh, there's also some music. Oh, that's strange, isn't it? Oh, it's just a back. So they've just replaced your background. Yeah, they've like given you a picture egg, of egg. Friday. Like, like I'm singing, but yeah. Oh, and that was it. The whole page is kind of about eggs. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's very strange. Anyway, should we move on? What are you going to leave in um, 2023, Dan? Uh, 20, well, what I want to leave in 2022 is already here, I think, in 2023. And I don't think it's going anywhere, but I can say it anyway. Like just the, the being controversial for the sake of controversy. The I'm just going to say this to get a reaction because you know engagement. Um, and that's what I was going to say. You know, uh, well, I like I can get over. I say I can get over. None of my business, really. Like I, I understand to a certain degree this whole performative, like happy clappy. You know, when people just post silly stuff, but at least with silly stuff, that's going to make someone laugh. That's going to entertain someone. It's going to make someone smile. I kind of get that when you go on and you're just mean for the sake of it, just to spark up anger, hate, and just to frankly piss people off. I just I just think it's like a really shitty thing to do, but it's rewarded by the algorithm. I, the algorithm gods reward those people. But I think also people, like people vote with their feet. They should vote with their feet. But unfortunately, when people see stuff that is um polarizing or controversial they're more likely to comment it on it they're more likely to send it to their friends for them to comment on it they're more likely to do all those things so to the person that's posting it they're like wow i've done so well but then in reality all they've done is upset loads of people and i think that this is what's really frustrating me is the idea that engagement is the greatest metric for success. And instead of thinking, you know, how have I positively impacted people? Have I educated people? Have I provided people with good quality information? Have I positively impacted anyone's lives? People are just thinking, wow, if this post gets loads of reach or loads of views or loads of shares, that means I'm doing really well. And actually it's really sad because a lot of people are being driven and encouraged to create this like polarizing content, which ultimately makes them a bell end like a lot of the time and they're sort of being tricked into believing that that's what people want to see because they might get a few people going omg this is the best thing i've ever seen because you will always see people comment on those posts going omg this is the best thing i've ever seen but what you don't see is like the hundreds of people 
sending it in WhatsApp groups between their mates going, this is really awful. And I was potentially going to use this person as a coach. And now I'm never going to go near them with a barge pole because look what they've said and look how they've said it. Um, and I, it kind of upsets me. And then it makes me feel like I've then got a responsibility to try and say something so that they can then know. And then I get an, a neggy argument about it. And then it ruins my evening. So, oh, so actually, this is totally hypothetical. Well, I mean, like, it's really Mike's just totally made this about himself. I was just saying hypothetically, you know, just because it irritates me in the past. But if you want to get specific, like, let's just be controversial to draw eyes to my page so I can sell shit. Well, that's social media, isn't it? A lot of the time. I mean, say I say that as if like that's such a negative view of social media. There are actually incredible aspects of social media. And I was speaking to someone the other day about this. I think it was someone on AFM actually who was like, I don't like I'd never really want a big following because I wouldn't want like she's like, I am quite sensitive. I don't have thick skin. I wouldn't want the negativity, mm. blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I kind of think about it. I was like, I'm really lucky and I'm, I've not got a huge following, but like, I rarely get anything negative. Then I was like, how really could you be negative? Like all, all I'm doing, like, it's not really that much about me. Most of the stuff I put on or put out, like it's really just trying to help other people. Right. So the most negative thing you could say was like, I don't agree with your view on saturated fat or something. Right. And I wouldn't mm. take that personally. So I guess it partly depends on like the kind of information that you're putting out. And I think you know, I there are really that. positive parts of social media. I thought that until the pandemic. Because yeah, I think never... it's different with vaccines and anti-vaxxers. Exactly. Because I think that when it comes to stuff like, and it's all stuff that I always assumed would be benign. Like, you know, you would just imagine that you put out positive healthcare information that is that is of reasonable quality and nobody can really complain about it. But they can even you know it just depends what's happening in the water at the moment like sometimes things just are just become controversial when you don't think they are it's like you know it's like calorie counting look how many people argue about calorie counting and gut health and all of those things I mean we talked the other day didn't we about um about recent sort of podcasts and what you know certain doctors are putting out on um on, on that sort of subject and topic and like even when you disagree with the fundamentals of what someone's saying, like from an evidence-based perspective, which you know we often do, especially when they're talking about things like the importance of calories, a lot of the time the advice that they're actually giving on nutrition of like you know eat whole foods and all of that kind of stuff is still good advice. It's just that it's tinged with things that you know have the potential to cause some people some difficulty or some harm. Like so, for example, if you're so so just to put into context we're talking about the advice that a lot of people give like just eat whole foods cut out processed foods um you know eat healthier basically which we all know is good advice but we also know that demonizing specific food groups and having people have a fear around certain food groups can also foster a disordered relationship with food and um you know potentially eating disorders and stuff like that so when the same people that are giving that great advice are also saying on the other side that calorie counting doesn't matter and calories aren't important. The only thing that's important is the quality of your food and that you are poisoning yourself when you eat processed foods and all of that sort of stuff. The terminology around it becomes really problematic. And that's when people start to say that's problematic. But the, pro the, the issue is on social media. Nobody goes, well, I just think that it's a little bit problematic when someone says this because actually this. Instead of that, it's like this overall extreme no this is 
absolute nonsense this person's an idiot blah 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 and it just it just dilutes any sort of discussion because it just becomes these sort of ad hominem attacks and it's the same as like I saw a post the other day on Instagram actually that actually the fundamentals of the post I thought were, were quite positive it was basically saying like you know stop telling people that it's really unhealthy to have a six-pack or that it's unsustainable or that it's impossible to get a six-pack and it's making it really it was really difficult and that you don't need to and all of that kind of stuff a lot of people might benefit from getting leaner a lot you know why are we constantly telling people that they can't achieve stuff like and actually you know telling people to embrace this kind of mediocrity and I think there is a certain point to be made within that is that I think that a lot of people use a lot of that sort of softer lifestyle approach you know as an excuse to not do the hard stuff that actually might benefit them we've talked about that a lot on the podcast before but then a lot of the time posts like that then bring into terminology about you know uh the way that they talk about what fat people for example could benefit from and then i'm just oh if you just didn't use that terminology or if you just didn't say that bit i would be agreeing with the points and it's hard because you then you do throw the baby out with the bathwater sometimes when actually someone has said a fairly reasonable point, they've just said it in a way that could have been delivered better. And they've probably done that because it's more likely to get them engagement on social media. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think, and and coming back to like the messaging around the foods that you eat and eating a variety of whole foods and even like some of the examples given in that episode, it comes from such a place of privilege of being able to choose the exceptionally more expensive food that has you know been organically grown or you know whatever but like it's way more expensive to eat in that way I'm not saying it's not better for your health absolutely is but is it realistic for most people that, exactly that's for some thing. people yes for some people no and are we trying and then, to actually help people change or are we just trying to go oh I know better and this is how you do it well yeah great but what what impact yeah great for all of your other doctor mates like who are earning whatever like yeah sure you can buy the 20 times more expensive fresh leaf cabbage that actually has more antioxidants in it than the cheaper version but a lot of people can't and then it's like wow we are actually you know in a cost of living crisis as well and like if you're telling people that they need or should be eating these foods and shouldn't be eating those foods and even the the kind of chat around like processed foods this is something I've discussed with Hannah before because I you know like I will often say on my podcast that you should minimize the amount of processed food you're eating. And she called me up on that and she was like, actually, that's not, you know, I get what you mean, ultra processed foods, but actually having processed foods has saved a lot of lives. Like actually fortifying foods with things that you wouldn't, you know, like with vitamins and minerals that you wouldn't be getting in your diet. And I'm not so much talking about like us in the Western world, but like in other areas of the world, like has actually been extremely important Mm. and we wouldn't be able to feed the world in the way that we do. And we would have so much more food waste if we didn't process foods in certain ways. Yeah. I was like, that's a very good point. Obviously, always well made. Hannah's full of good points. I know, right? But um, yeah, I think it. I think it's quite short-sighted. And I think because you look at it from one perspective, right? How does food impact your health or impact your body? Mm-hmm. But then you also have to think, how does food impact the environment? How does food impact people in different environments than we live in with different access to food than we have? Yeah. And then you have to consider, you know, what the larger implications of these things are. If everyone ate uh, some of the foods that were suggested, it's like, well, there wouldn't be enough mm. as a starter, especially mm. if you're saying that you can't fortify these foods, you can't process these foods at all. They should be minimally or no processing whatsoever. That's not realistic. 
No, and you look at the most socioeconomically deprived areas, it's no coincidence that they're, they're also the areas that have don't have access to open space. They're also the areas that have fast food restaurants that you know, are on the corners or they don't have access to all these things. And I think one of the biggest arguments with organic produce as well is people are of the belief that no um, pesticides go into produce loads. Of course, pesticides do, perhaps not as many, but also is it, I'm going to get pronunciation on it's hectare, isn't it, per hectare of produce produced of organic food is not as much as it would be if they used more pesticides. So when we look at the population and a growing population, it has to be affordable and we do need to produce a certain amount of food. Now, if you are of the ability to make better choices, um, like even when you look at more sustainable living, like if you can afford an electric car, it makes sense to, but if your recommendation is that if you can't drive an electric car, you're killing the planet, then they need to make electric cars more affordable. Yeah. You know, same with um, eating more plant-based foods. Of course, we can all agree that generally eating more plants in your diet is a household choice. But also, you know, when we are talking again about processed foods and what people have access to, having everything plant-based, organic from your local um, grocery isn't a practical solution. Yeah, although I think this actually kind of nicely relates to the other point about like embracing average or using things as excuses that aren't your excuses it's quite easy for us to be like yeah well you know some people don't have access to these foods right but realistically we do <laughs> like and a lot of people listening it's like yeah well not everyone but you do like you on your iphone you probably do actually like you could benefit from investing more money in foods that would be more beneficial to things like your gut microbiome you mm. probably would benefit from that so then it's kind of easy to forget like where you sit in these things mm. <laughs> i'm still a little bit ill sorry i got quite passionate <laughs> they, were, they, were, they were tears <laughs> that wasn't yeah. a cough oh, they were God. just tears just got coughed away. For a moment. um anyway yeah what there was your go. one mike now that i stole your one what was... well you stole my one that was my one wasn't it? oh okay i'm not gonna watch the news anymore like at all except sometimes Ooh. I think people that say they don't watch the news or aren't going to watch the news end up watching the news quite often. Oh, do you know, like, I just, I find it really depressing anyway, obviously. And I think there are certain, there are certain current affairs that I need to know, like, I need to know what's going on in the NHS. Otherwise, you know, I won't know what to do, but. um, You don't take that info from the news though, right? So yeah, sometimes you do. Like when she's doing a speech, you suddenly Um, find out that your working hours are going to change from the speech that's that's how bad the communication is um and you're like oh you know it, it is it it does unfortunately happen that way a lot of the time um but oh, i don't know i don't know let's leave it at news because you've got to go haven't you i'm gonna give up well i've already deleted twitter and i'm gonna read before i go to bed every single night yeah i not twitter sorry i never used twitter tiktok, TikTok. <laughs> Oh, TikTok. Oh, yeah, all that time reading on Twitter. No, I don't really use that. I've decided Facebook is no good for my health. Every time I log on to Facebook, I'm there for two minutes before deciding this is a terrible place and I log back off. Yeah, I think think the the groups are still really useful. I think a lot of these things, like if you're willing to put in the work 
to curate them in a way that benefits you, then I think it's possible. Are you saying I don't want it enough? Is that what you're saying? I'm saying you don't want it enough. I need to I work am. harder. I don't I want am. it enough. No, I'm saying like like what often happens with Facebook is people have a lot of friends on Facebook that, you know, are people who they feel bad if they defriend, but they have no interest in anything that they're going to say. And so they end up exposing themselves to stuff that they don't want to see. Um, it's interesting, actually, because there's somebody that I... Um, that I unfollowed the other day on Twitter. And I didn't, I didn't even realize it because it was just this one person just constantly retweeting oh. vaccine misinformation and government like conspiracies and all of that kind of stuff. And it wasn't until, you know, you just see them when you scroll past. And it was only when I realized that it was the same person just retweeting the same stuff all the time. And all of it that it takes to get rid of that is to unfollow that one person. I think you can do a lot to- um... So you can curate your social media. I can, think I, can, can I share I think something? It with takes you work, and it takes it takes behaving in a way that sometimes is uncomfortable. Like I feel, I feel bad unfollowing people. I feel bad defriending people, um, and I I often feel like a, you know I, I worry about doing it or worry about them noticing. But just mute them then. Well, yeah, yeah. exactly. You, I don't think you can mute on Twitter. Um, oh no, maybe I don't use Twitter enough. I don't think. think. Or on Facebook, my confession for Facebook is when I used it more often is you know when you get birthday reminders of people, I'd be yeah. like, so useful. I've made eye contact with that person once. I probably should unfollow them, and that would be my prompt is when that birthday reminder came up. You know what awful? mine was? It was when someone would be like, "Here's my new baby," and I'm like, "I have no idea who this person is. Why am I following?" <laughs> like you know, when it's like quite personal, you're like. Why am I the first person to see your new baby? Like, I have absolutely no idea who you are. That's they've had, they've added you to close friends on Instagram. No, that, that was Facebook. Like, that's what I see on Facebook. It's like, or like, oh my God, I got engaged. I'm like, oh, like, I don't recognize who this person is. Why are they my friend? I'm glad it went that route. I thought you were just going to say, like, other people's joy and happiness upsets me and I follow them. <laughs> I'm just really jealous when people get engaged. I don't want to see your effing kid, all right? <laughs> And on that note. Okay, well, goodbye. Bye.